Amen and good morning. My name is uh, Becky. If we haven't met before, I'm married to Paul, who's the vicar here. He's speaking in Loughborough this morning and then on to uh, Bradford after that to speak there this evening and then he'll be back here. But you've got me this morning and it's great to be here. And we're carrying on with our Advent series, Not Ashamed to be Called Their God. And in this series, we're looking at different characters from the Christmas story and what we can learn from them. And today, we're specifically thinking about Zachariah and Elizabeth, obviously, and in that, thinking about the faith of the elderly. God is not ashamed to be their God. And maybe you, like someone I was speaking to earlier this week, may be wondering, why does this theme need to be included? And if so, I would answer you in the same way I answered them by saying um, this theme needs to be included, the faith of the elderly, because of our culture's obsession with youth. Racism and sexism have rightly been challenged. They're obviously still ongoing problems, but at least they're issues people are aware of. Ageism, I believe, isn't. It's so much a part of our culture, we don't even notice that it's going on most of the time. Now, in some ways, ageism is blatant. For example, older people routinely being passed over for jobs. They, were, they are more than qualified and able to do for younger people. In other ways, it's quite subtle. It wasn't until I was looking into the way advertising preys on our insecurities a few years ago that I realized that all my life I've been fed the message over and over and over, that it is not okay to be seen to age. We've all been fed this message. Have you ever seen an advert on how to look older? <laughs> no, never. You've only seen adverts constantly on how to look younger, as if aging was something to be ashamed of or some disease to be cured, rather than one of the most natural things in the world. Also, as I've been uh, looking for birthday cards for my friends recently, it's been quite a depressing experience. If you um, have to buy a card for anyone over the age of 40, you quickly realize how little our society actually values age. It's a challenge to find a card that celebrates getting older rather than bemoaning it or mocking it. And I think that's a shame and quite short-sighted and self-destructive for us as a species because as human beings, we may not have our ethnicity or our gender in common, but no matter who we are, we all age. Now, I'm well aware there are many reasons we try to avoid this inevitable, irrefutable fact of life. One is, the older we get, the more we, come, we become aware of our own mortality. And let's face it, no one likes being reminded their days are numbered. Also, the older we get, the more restricted we might feel. Our bodies begin to succumb to the wear and tear of time, and daily life can become a struggle. This is true, I know it's true. I see it with my um, mother in the States as I've watched her on FaceTime over the year deteriorate and deteriorate. But again, it's something we all have in common. As the Apostle Paul famously wrote almost 2,000 years ago, outwardly, I'm wasting away, but inwardly, but inwardly, I'm being renewed day by day. And then if we think about it from the other point of view, the reason why those who are younger might dismiss those who are older is that the longer we've lived, let's be honest, the more set in our ways we can become. Now, when I was 25, and in the interest of transparency, I am 51 now, 
But when I was 25, I remember hearing the then Bishop of Chester, a great man named Michael Vaughan. He said this in a talk I was listening to. He said um, that he's realized that as people get older, they become more and more like Peking pork. And I really did not have any idea where he was going with that. And then he said, they're sweet and sour. Some sweet and some sour. And when I heard him say that, Paul and I were only a year or so into our ministry then, but I already recognized the truth of it from those older people at our church in Morton. Some of them were such a joy to be around, while others, not so much. Also, I knew from my own experience that I had one grandmother that I respected, but I was intimidated by her. I didn't feel able to really talk about what I thought or the music I listened to or anything like that because I would immediately be told what I should think and what I should be listening to. But then my other grandmother was completely different. I respected her as well. But with her, I felt free to talk about things I was interested in, to be open about different things, and she was just a lot of fun. Um, but she would listen and not judge. And she would pray for me, she would bless me, she would always steer me and give me advice, but I knew that she listened. And although I respected and loved them both, you can guess which one I enjoyed spending time with more. And personally, as I get older, I want to be on the sweet side of the equation. I want to be someone who is able to influence others in a similar way to the many sweet older people who have blessed and influenced me over the years. Oh, and there goes one of our Christmas decorations. It's all right. Some of you look quite startled. It's okay. No one was injured, except maybe a bubble. Um, also, another thing that stops younger people from correctly valuing those um, who are older is, to be honest, let's face it, we're, uh, because we're so self-centered as a species, myself included in this, because I'm part of the species, we tend to think that life on Earth began with us. And anything that went before is slightly irrelevant. In other words, what came before me doesn't matter as much as I do, or what I think does. It's a self-centered, it's a simple, and it's a dangerous mindset. But it is one that we are all prone to. Hopefully, we grow out of it with age and experience, but not necessarily. We tend to be short-sighted and judgmental as human beings, but the truth is, God sees and God values every human life whatever the age. Now, there was a man from Africa um, I've talked about before, and he died of a head injury in a car crash, but miraculously came back to life. And uh, he ended up doing an internship working in, in Ireland, and this is how I heard the story. One of the things he reported that happened while he was dead was that he was told by God that one human soul was worth more than all the treasure that was buried in the earth. In other words, God was telling him that all the wealth that would come from gold, from diamonds, all those things that are buried in the ground in Africa, the, the emeralds, the rubies, etc., all of them added together do not compare to the value of one human being in God's economy. And God doesn't write people off at any age. And let's face it, God's really, really old. Like, he's been around forever, a really long time. So to him, even the oldest human being is a youngster. We are all children to God. 
And I think we, as followers of Jesus, need to be countercultural where ageism is concerned, as we need to be in so many other areas. Let's not just quote the verse that I've heard quoted a lot from 1 Timothy 4.12 that says, let no one look down on you because of your youth. And that is absolutely right, and it should be quoted, and we should celebrate the young people, and you know, that is so important and so necessary. But not to the exclusion of the many more verses about respecting and learning from those who are older. The older I get, the more I like those verses, funnily enough. <laughs> and the main point I want to make this morning is that those the world is done with, God still has a purpose for. And that brings us to the story of Zachariah and Elizabeth that we heard read from Luke 1. There's a real richness to these verses and so much that can be learned from them. But this morning, I'd like to focus on three things. And the first one is that God sees. Now, Hagar, who was uh, another marginalized person who was involved in another couple's story of childlessness back at the beginning of the book in Genesis, Hagar says of God, You are the God who sees me. And it's a great description of him. He sees us even if we feel invisible. He sees what we do in a crowd of thousands, and he sees what we do when we're all alone. He is the God who sees. And with Zachariah and Elizabeth, what he saw was a lifetime of faithfulness. Luke introduces us to him this way uh, in verse 6, where he says... Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. And from this, we know three things about them. They were both very old. They hadn't been able to have children. Elizabeth wasn't able to conceive, he tells us. And they were faithful in their devotion to God. Both of them were righteous, he tells us. And this continued faithfulness had not gone unnoticed in heaven. We may finish with people and stop paying attention to them, especially when they no longer seem useful to us, but God is never like that. He sees and he keeps on seeing. And even though life hadn't turned out the way they may have expected it to with children and grandchildren around them, Zachariah and Elizabeth remained faithful to each other and they remained faithful to God. And I think when life's challenges come to us and things don't turn out the way we expected, it may feel foolish to keep choosing to do the right thing over and over, especially when those around you aren't and they don't seem to be particularly suffering from it. But if that's the case, we need to remember Galatians 6, 9, which is one of my life verses. It says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. And that certainly happened for Zachariah and Elizabeth, and it's a promise for all of us, whatever our age. So that's the first thing God sees. The second thing is it's never too late. It's never too late for answered prayer, and it's never too late to learn. Firstly, it's never too late for answered prayer. To Zachariah, the angel said, your prayer has been heard. Now, it's quite possible Zachariah had given up and stopped praying about having a child long ago. But the fact is, it was still on God's books to be answered. Also, Luke tells us in chapter 2 later on uh, in his story leading up to Christmas or after Christmas about Simeon, who he describes as righteous and devout, and Anna, who he describes as a prophetess and, again, very old. 
both of them separately had, had been waiting and waiting for the promised Savior to come. And they both independently recognized him as the baby Mary and Joseph brought to present at the temple. Simeon and Anna had had to wait a really, really long time for their prayers to be answered, but they were. But going back to Zachariah and Elizabeth, Zachariah, at least, he had a role to play. He had a job to do. He was a priest amongst his people, but Elizabeth hadn't been able to fulfill the most important role expected of her by her culture. For her, this was a truly significant answer to prayer. And again, she had most likely given up on it ever happening. We can begin to get an idea of how much it meant to her when in verse 25 she says, in these days he has shown his favor and he has taken away my disgrace among the people. And to their neighbors, friends, and family, those others who had been praying for them and had probably given up long ago, they were able to be part of the joy too. We're told in verse 58, her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy and they shared her joy. And I would say as we're a part of a community here, Let's keep encouraging each other, and remember, it is never too late for answered prayer. It's also never too late to learn. Zachariah probably thought he'd seen it all in his many years of priestly service. He knew the system, he knew how it worked, he'd done it many times before, he knew what to expect. But this time, a surprise was waiting for him. Verse 11, then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. From this, I think it's safe to assume this hadn't happened before to him in his years of priestly service. The fact is, God is a God who sees, but he's also a God of surprises. And in our worship of and service to God, we need to guard against ever simply going through the motions or making our worship about what we're doing rather than about who we're worshiping. It can be a temptation when you've been doing the same thing for a while, year in, year out, week in, week out. And for those in the Jewish temple, it would have been day in, day out, following the rules and regulations that God had given them. But remember, you never know when an angel may turn up, or even God himself in a more real and tangible way than you've known him to before. And when it happens, as the angel said, don't be afraid. Instead, pay attention, and don't quibble like Zechariah did. And because Zechariah did talk back to the angel, um, we see he was not beyond the age of being taught a lesson. It wasn't like the angel thought, oh well, old dog, new tricks, we couldn't expect any better from him anyway. Um, no, God cared enough to allow Zechariah to become mute, which must have been incredibly frustrating for him. Just think about it. He had this amazing, this mind-blowing experience. An angel turns up and tells him these crazy things. Um, but now he can't even talk about it. He just has to use his hands. Now, I think it might seem a bit harsh to the more tender-hearted among us, but we know that God disciplines us. That is, he teaches us lessons. And he does it because he loves us, as we're told in many places in the Bible. It's an act of kindness and mercy by God to discipline and to teach us more about himself and more about ourselves, rather than just leaving us boundaryless and leaving us unable to defend ourselves against the onslaught of the world and the enemy. So it's never too late to have our prayer answered, and it's never too late to experience something new or to be taught a new lesson. And thirdly, whatever our age and stage, God entrusts us with the next generation. 
Now, Zechariah in our reading was given explicit instructions for his soon-to-be son, John. God knew Zechariah and Elizabeth could be trusted with such an important task as raising the child who was so important to his overall plan of salvation. He knew it because of their lifetime of faithfulness. But as we'll hear in a couple of weeks, God also trusted Mary and Joseph in their youth to have and to raise Jesus. So whatever our age and stage, it's, it's our job not just to tell those outside the church about God, but also to tell those inside the church about God, and to tell those inside our homes, our families, our sons, our daughters, our nieces, our nephews, our grandchildren, our godchildren, our neighbor's children, etc. It's our job to tell them about God, and to hopefully be a sweet, not sour, a sweet example of what a life lived for him looks like. And I'd like to finish this morning with a story I heard last week. uh, Paul and I went to stay with a friend. Her name is Susie and her husband, Trevor. And Susie was telling us about her dad, Derek. Now, Derek is a godly man aged 87. And he recently felt the Lord tell him that that he had a new ministry for him. So Derek sold up his house and moved to be ready for this new ministry. This man has been a faithful servant of God all his life, and at the age of 87, he's still open to learning more about God and more about his ways. He regularly has conversations with my friend Susie, who's also a church leader, um, about different aspects of scripture. He comes and he compares stories with her about what he's seen God do, and he asks her questions. What do you think this means, and what do you know about this? He's open to learning. And he's invited to different churches most weeks to preach and to share the truth of God's love with different congregations. So he obviously takes seriously his responsibility to pass on what he knows of God to the next generation and the one after that and the one after that. I was so inspired when I heard about Derek and I said, oh, I'm preaching about the faith of the elderly in a couple of weeks. Can I talk about him? And yes, I was given permission. Um, But of course, I know not everyone is called to that type of ministry, but God always has a calling of some kind on our lives. And as we offer ourselves to him, he is always faithful to give himself to us for all of our days here on earth, however many they may be. And as time flows by, as we carry on with the business of living, we hold on to the promise of his presence with us. And we remember the great hope we have that the day will eventually come when we will see him face to face as we arrive at our eternal home with him. But for now, can I ask you to stand and we'll pray, and if the band can come back and the children are ready to come in.